0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side. joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the side Guys, the Tad the Side. And Tad, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to our different opening theme music in this week's episode. But uh, yeah, I think there's a certain reason as to why we had that particular theme with, you know, the significance of today, right?
1: Right. This is the way. That's all I can say.
0: (laughs) Appropriate. Appropriate. So, yeah, on today's episode, we're definitely going to be celebrating May the 4th. So, we got a fun-filled episode. A little bit of Star Wars fun in there, but we're also going to be talking about the 2023 NFL Draft. But before we get into that, we definitely want to give a shout-out to the guy who created that fantastic theme song for our episode today. gives us permission to use it, and that is at the YouTube handle, Rifty Beats. And, yeah, he made an excellent sort of spell, remix.
1: Spell, spell that out for the listeners real quick. Yeah,
0: R-I-F-T-I Beats, and we'll put a link in the uh, episode description here so you can go find his video for this, uh, this theme song. As well as some of his other videos. He's done a lot of great work. But yeah, shout out to him for giving us permission to use that song. Once again, that's Rifty Beats, R I F T I Beats. And so yeah, we'll comment and include all the episode, the description for him in the episode description here. So yeah, with the special theme, obviously, I like we talked about, got to do a special episode. So celebrating May the 4th, um, in case you are not aware, obviously, you know, there's a famous line from Star Wars May the Force be with you. So it's become sort of a widely recognized.
1: Would you say it's an official holiday, unofficial holiday in the Star Wars sort of? I would say unofficial. Know? It's not great that comes the day before when it is an official holiday. That kind of <laughs> hurts it a bit. But you know what? It's like a two-for-one deal at that point.
0: No, that's fair. So that's fair. It's, uh, it's a well-recognized holiday. Maybe that's the one that I should use there as far as, you know, among all of the fans of the Star Wars universe. And so, yeah, me and Tad definitely decided we wanted By way,
1: fans dance the and- In case anyone is wondering, like, well, why are you doing this on Thursday, not Friday? Uh, It's because on Friday I'm going to be chugging some margaritas. So (laughs) it's just – I will do so. It will be Boba Fett green-colored, but they will still be margaritas nonetheless. So that's why we're doing this today, not tomorrow.
0: 100%. 100%. Yeah, I don't want to get all – it's crazy with great. Tad and getting on some sort fantastic. of drunken rant on oh. Star Wars. We're gonna we're gonna prevent all that and do it on the actual May the Fourth day today. So uh, Tad, do you, do you think it's special to uh, celebrate May the Fourth? Is that you know? Do you watch all the movies? Do you watch you know one of the movies? Do you you know I don't know do, like play the Star Wars video game? You know Jedi Survivor or Jedi Fallen Order or you know Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, there's so many great games too. But
1: just like anything special that you do for May the Fourth. So for Mandalorian season three reasons. I ended up doing a whole rewatch of the entire movie series. Nice. Uh, which nice. I think is the best way I can say that without giving away too many spoilers. Um, because I want to see how everything connected, because it does connect. Um, and then like two or three days ago, eh, maybe four at this point, I was like, okay, the NFL draft is over. By the way, I am still tired from the draft. I don't know how you're doing. <laughs> I am still exhausted. That whole experience, while amazing definitely threw off my sleep schedule Um, just in
0: case anybody's tuning into our episode today like in case you didn't check it out we did a live stream for both rounds one for days one and two covering rounds one through three eight hours hours total across two days both evenings i mean it was intense um i like to think we gave a lot of great content but i think we definitely had a ton of fun we had some guests from lefb network come on we had the boss man ryan dirut came on um yeah it was a ton of fun so it's on demand. So go check it out if you want our analysis on the first half of the NFL draft overall. Um, yeah, lots of great content that we gave there. But, uh, yeah, definitely some uh, repercussions from doing eight hours over the course of two days, four hours straight on both days was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a chore. But honestly, Tad, like I said, it was fun times
1: highly enjoyable and also shout out to Alfred Rowe who joined us for both nights that dude was the real MVP he really helped us out uh, for both live streams so shout out to him Al can't wait to have you on the show again can't wait to be on your show again but um my reward for doing that to myself was I was going to wait till Survivor Jedi Survivor was on sale and I, I said you know what screw it I'm buying it it's so good (laughs) <laughs> it's so good like the second i get home from work i've just been like okay i gotta play the next level so i've been playing survivor a lot and i kind of was thinking i'm honestly shocked like i feel like they missed on prime marketing opportunity here like releasing it on thursday may the 4th feels like that would have like kind of boosted sales but i'm not complaining because it's a great game it is absolutely awesome this is a slight spoiler you do have a, the cross guard that like uh, uh, kylo ren has and it's a different kind of like fighting style it's so much fun it's so great. Uh, so Jedi Survivor, I highly recommend, but that's mostly what I've been en- engaging in the past couple of days. Also, oh. it has one of the most frustrating boss battles of my life. Okay. OK, good to know. So good. Uh,
0: review a Jedi Survivor if you haven't picked it up yet, but maybe go pick that up and play. It's it. very so hard to review important. with no spoilers. It's very hard. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, For me, I usually try and do something Star Wars related with watching, whether it's the movies or now I've said we got the TV show. So I just I was about do- to
1: say you're, you're a binge watcher. You can finally watch Mando season three.
0: That is true. It is a quirk of mine that it's like whenever it's, uh, a show is sort of going concurrently. Um, they don't do like the old Netflix style where they release all the episodes in a season. I like to wait until the season is done and then I watch it complete so I don't have to wait for any cliffhangers week to week. So I started from season one so I started that over the weekend and so yeah I'm definitely going to get to season three which I haven't seen of The Mandalorian so that is what I'm doing a rewatch, re-watch excuse me, of right now so yeah. I just forget how good that show <laughs> So
1: good. and look, I, I actually agree with yet. Yeah, another person we need to give a shout out. Cause he helped us out with the live stream as well as uh, Chauncey Talese on Twitter mm-hmm. has been saying like, I, I get season three can be bumpy at times, but overall that was a very enjoyable experience. A lot of star, I think star Wars fans just suck at this point, but <laughs> except wow. for, except for everybody listening because you are the good star Wars fans, but there's like so much love about season three and there's a little bit to hate, but overall it's a great experience. So Mando season three Jedi survivor. There's so much great star Wars content out there. Ahsoka is coming out. I'm actually very excited for that. Um, I'm so excited. And you know what? Let's do something crazy. Let's connect the podcast. Let's connect football and star Wars together. It's like a match made in heaven there. 100%.
0: 100%. Yeah, right, like, uh, right. like we teased it earlier in the episode, me and Tad were trying to think of something cool that we could sort of correlate both May the 4th, Star Wars, and our podcast. I think we came up with a pretty cool idea. We're going to compare some of the NFL draft prospects that have been drafted in this most recent 2023 NFL draft to Star Wars characters as far as personalities and get into a little bit of their landing spots as well. And just, yeah, it's going to be a pretty good Fun time in today's episode. So, Tad, I'm going to pass it to you here first as we sort of get into our actual meat of the episode now. Then if we'll draft reactions with the fun sort of Star Wars twist here. Um, Yeah, who's a guy that you sort of want to make a comp to a Star Wars character as far as, like, their personality, maybe the way their play style is? Like, I mean, you can run with it however you want. But, yeah, who is a one comp that you got for me?
1: I mean, we got to start off with this character, right? Who is the Luke Skywalker of Ooh, this year's draft. One. That's a good one. Right? Unfortunately, it went to the Houston Texans. <laughs> Ouch, man. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Oh, just wait. It's going to get a lot more brutal in a bit. But um, the Luke Skywalker this year's draft, I have to compare it to CJ Stroud. This is a guy okay. walking into a situation that has had a dark cloud of the Empire. The Empire being the rest of the NFL. Hanging over the, the, their heads for far too long. There's zero hope there. Their savior that was Anakin Skywalker, Sean Watson fell from grace was booted out of the Jedi order. And now they have their savior coming in to finally bring light to the order. So I think CJ Stroud is a perfect guy to write the Texan ship and be the rebel Alliance to blow up the galactic empire. And finally, Hey, maybe the Texans will finally win a playoff game or two now. So I, I think that there was a lot said during the NFL draft live stream, which, by the way, you can still find on YouTube at LafpNetwork.com. Um, I think that Stroud's skill set, the more I think about it, is the perfect fit for the 49ers uh, system. And I know what you're thinking is like, well, he went to the Texans. Why are you talking about the 49ers system? Is because I really do think, and remember, feel free to disagree with me here. I think we are going to see a 49ers basically copycat offense in Houston. I mean, do you agree, disagree with that? I think there's definitely going to be some semblance of it
0: because automatically it's like you look at D'Amico Ryans, the head coach of the 49ers. He obviously came from San Francisco, and even though he's probably going to be more responsible, get his hands on more with the defense, he obviously saw a lot of things that worked on offense from Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan a very experienced offensive, you know, coach in this league for a long time that I'm pretty sure, you know, Taking over one of his assistants, Bobby Sloak, who is now the offensive coordinator with the Eastern Texans, pretty sure they're going to decide. It's like, okay, this really worked well, uh, San Francisco. This maybe didn't work as well. And maybe they're going to make some tweets. But, yeah, I can 100 percent agree that there's probably going to be a very base system that's based off of. San Francisco style of offense.
1: And I think some of the things that work well with San Francisco that they're going to start pulling is a couple things. First off, it's highly adaptive. I think that is one of the biggest reasons that Brock Purdy succeeded so well in the system. Is goes okay? You know, Brock Purdy doesn't have. I mean, feel free to disagree with me here. Doesn't have the you know biggest arm in the world, but he's more of the accurate quarterback. So what plays do we have that can, you know, play to those strengths? The ability to adapt to what you have is I think Kyle Shanahan's biggest strength and something that hopefully he passed on to his assistants. The other thing is and this is huge for a rookie quarterback is the fact that you guys are going to lean you guys as if you're a Houston fan uh, Houston is going to lean <laughs> very heavily on the but again, yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be so similar. It's going to be like watching a clone of the 49ers. Um, the Niners, and this is why they trade for McCaffrey. The Niners offense leans so heavily on the run. And that's what you want for a rookie quarterback is you want to lean on Damian Pierce. You want to lean on that offensive line that they invested so much. Let's not forget that they extended Laramie Tunsil for a reason because they expect that this type of responsibility will be, you know, put on the offensive line. So you have a quarterback that can lean heavily on the run game. That has a coordinator that can hopefully, probably adapt to his strengths. And here's the great thing about the 49ers offense is you guys don't, you're not an air raid offense. I know all the highlights. If you watch the 49ers highlights, you look like an air raid offense, but you of all people can attest to this. Do you want to know the yards per average throw that Brock Purdy had?
0: I want to say it's some player in like the six to seven per yard, yards per average even less 5.5, 5.5. Yeah. So
1: they play conservative, play conservative, play conservative, and then you go for the deep shot. And so the deep shot is what gets all the highlights. And that's why people think like they say the 49ers offense is so explosive, which it is when they pick the right moment, but they wait until the right moment presents itself. Much like waiting in the force. And so I think that this is a very good situation for CJ Strattelan. Atlanta. now, the more I think about it, I know I was kind of singing their praises on draft night. The more I say I'll wait on it, I, I don't. I actually don't love the trade-up for Will Anderson because if I were the Texans, what I would have done is lay, you know hang back, taking some more weapons for C.J. Stroud. So I don't love the fact that C.J. Stroud is going in there with a, uh, let's say, limited receiving core. Um, so I don't think he's going to have the most phenomenal rookie season. I think he's going to struggle at points, but much like Luke, Grew throughout the trilogy. I think by the time Return of the Jedi comes in about oh 2025, CJ Stroud could be a real, real danger to just dominate the AFC South going forward. So I'm telling Texans fans right now, this hurts to give you guys positive advice, but stay patient. I I'm a big believer in CJ Stroud moving forward. And as long as the Texans don't kill him in the Death Star trench, he will be a good quarterback moving forward.
0: No, I think it's very appropriate. Like he's supposed to bring, you know hope to all Texans like fans I say, it's a it's, a it's a hopeless situation for sure right now like, right now CJ is staring at those twin sons like I got this shit <laughs> exactly instead of uh you know knocking out womp rats on Tatooine now he's going to be throwing there passes to whoever he's got there in Houston so yeah I do like that I do like that comparison for sure um yeah, I'm going to translation translate into my first comparison pick here, and I'm going to stick at the quarterback position. I'm going to go with the guy that went right before him, and I'm going to go with Bryce Young. Now, you look at Bryce Young, and, I mean, he's clearly one of the – smaller quarterback prospects in this year's draft. And honestly that we've seen in a long time as well. And you know what? Height, I don't think is going to be an issue at the NFL. Like a lot of people want to harp on the fact that he's going to have a hard time seeing the passing lanes. He's going to have a hard time running an offense that with linemen so huge, that's going to be different than what he did at Alabama. But I mean, you have to compare this very similar to Wicket or the Ewoks where, you know, I thought, you're going, come,
1: I thought you were going Yoda there.
0: <laughs> no, no, not quite Yoda. It was very hard to find Wicked. that perfect. Wicked prospect. is your
1: first go-to character, okay?
0: It was hard to find that perfect prospect that could fit everything that Yoda can do. So that's why I went with Wicked because you look at the Ewoks and they come to Endor, and obviously, you know the whoa, Rebel Alliance.
1: They did not come to Endor. That's their home world, and it was the moon of Endor. Was, I meant the Rebel Alliance go, right. is
0: coming to Endor, like I mean, okay, the Ewoks I gotcha. are already gotcha. there, gotcha. right? So it's All like right. they're coming Let's there and sure. they're dealing Let's with the technology. Rebel.
1: they dealing... gotta protect yourselves <laughs> from these nerds, man. They are brutal. Screw.
0: It's true, they're dealing with the Sith, obviously, and they're what they're dealing with some issues there. And then obviously, you know, Princess Leia runs into Wicked, and he's like, Okay, there's a little bit of like, okay, what's going on? You know, can you trust them? You know, he got the yeah, the spear exactly poking them. Then they become friends or the shared food and all this stuff. Then we realize that the Ewoks can help the Rebel Alliance with overcoming the Imperial Army, right? So you see what the Ewoks were doing because, I mean, obviously you see they're a very primitive tribe. So they were finding alternative ways to stop the stormtroopers from, you know, pursuing the Rebel Alliance and Han Solo and, you know, Princess Leia and C3PO and all these guys, right? So they're using things from like, you know, catapults to, you know, the air gliders dropping rocks and they had the trip ropes. And, you know, honestly, they're doing a lot of sneak attacks too oh, because there's those so logs, the logs coming is the best in. Part. <laughs> yeah, the logs obviously close in on the Imperial Walker. So I mean, it's like they are doing a lot of things to be effective, even at their smaller stature. And you look at Bryce Young. And even at the smaller stature, at the quarterback position, probably the most important position on the offense, Barbie arguably on the roster as well. And you wonder, like, can he be as successful as he was in college? And you see some of the things that he does on tape, and it's like, you know, Young can escape the pocket, and he can find the clear passing lanes, very similar to what Russell Wilson was doing in Seattle. He can get out of the pocket to make plays with his legs so he can eventually just turn a broken play into a play that leads to positive yardage by just running the ball, getting out of bounds, and, you know, avoiding the big hits that way. So he can make plays that way. And the biggest thing is just maybe he needs to drop back a little bit further, but if he gets enough time, he can find the open receivers, That whether it's deep, whether it's middle, whether it's short, whatever it is. He can find the open receiver because he has that progressions that he can go through. He's very accurate with the ball. He's very good at avoiding those conversations costly turnover so he can find a way to sort of move this offense down the field and put points on the board for the Carolina Panthers because like I said very similar to the Ewoks he will find a way to get it done even at a smaller stature for sure and you have to look at the fact that I know the college stats may not always translate to the NFL but you have to look at the high production that he had at the University of Alabama tab because I mean in three seasons, he threw for 8,356 passing yards 80 passing touchdowns, and he only had 12 interceptions over the course of three seasons. I'm going to say it's more two seasons because in that first season, he barely played at all, really. But it's still very impressive. So you have to look at that. He found ways to be able to do that. He's going to be able to find ways to do that at the NFL level as well. And like I said, he lands in a spot in Carolina where – He's got a good support system around him. We've talked about this before, especially on the live stream where he's got Miles Sanders in the backfield. He's got Chuba Hubbard in the backfield. They signed Adam Thielen. They signed DJ Chark. They signed Hayden Hurst. So, I mean, they got Terrace Marshall, who they drafted a couple years ago. So they got a lot of promising weapons around him as well for him to succeed. And I think the biggest one, Frank Reich is very experienced at developing young quarterbacks. So I think specifically, obviously, you see the aggressiveness by David Tepper. The owner wants to get a young quarterback in there, wants to sort of turn the chapter, avoid all the mess that they had last year with P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. So now they have their franchise quarterback, and I think he's going to find success. Very similar to the
1: Ewoks finding success to overcome the Stormtroopers on the Forest Moon of Endor. Well, like you said, I think uh, you know, like the Ewoks, like I, they beat the Empire with a bunch of sticks and rocks, right? You gotta be exactly. smart, smart enough to figure that out. It's a slingshots, if I remember correctly, too. Uh, yeah, slingshots, like the, the, not even like the like typical slingshot, like the world round. Yeah, ones. exactly. Like um, the, even a
0: glide, like going back to the Bible. Yeah, like that style yeah, 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 yeah of exactly. Slingshot.
1: So I I think that's the reason I had Bryce Young. Honestly, I I don't feel bad saying that so much higher than CJ Stroud in my rankings was that I I think that CJ or uh, Bryce Young is just the superior, smarter quarterback. He knows how to utilize his weaknesses and kind of like, oh, this head rusher is going to want to attack me because I'm so small and he wants to hurt me? Great. Let's have him over pursue, and it was like, and you could see that thought process working on the field, and that kind of stuff is so rare. Um, you know, obviously this is one of those clips that may not age well, but honestly, I think this is a uh, historic pick for the Carolina franchise because this is a quarterback I think they can stick with, uh, for at least eight years. Uh, it's not like Cam least, Newton where Cam, yeah, yeah like uh, Cam Newton's play style did not lend itself to longevity. While uh, Bryce Young does because he's now already run first quarterback because he's smarter than that. So, I, you know, again, I would go on Yoda. I think that's just cooler, but I'll I'll stick with yeah, sure, let's go Wicket.
0: <laughs> like I said, I feel like Yoda epitomizes more of a complete prospect, and I think there's still a little few things that you know there's some knocks on. Bryce Young so that's why I went with a different direction here obviously bringing in some more characters so let's get to the next character comparison here as Tad that we celebrate May the 4th on today's episode so yeah let's definitely get to the
1: next character or player comp that you want to make to a Star Wars character summer I want to transport you back to a time called 1999 y 2k is a thing <laughs> right the excitement of the Star Wars franchise starting up again is at its peak and little five-year-old tad to date myself walks into the theater thinking that there's no such thing as a bad movie every great every movie is great batman uh batman and robin great movie arnold schwarzenegger is uh (laughs) mr freeze fantastic i don't understand why everyone hates it batman i'm sitting in the theater batman credit card literally check the expiration date it says forever i'm not even joking Five-year-old Tad sits in the theater. Okay, Jedi now have super speed, apparently, fine, whatever. And then they land on Naboo. And they run into this seemingly harmless character. And what's the first thing he says? Mesa Jar Jar Pinks! (laughs) (laughs) And from that moment, that was the moment where five-year-old Tad goes, "Uh uh-oh. Because I knew there were more movies coming after this one. I'm like, oh, this can't be good. This is gonna be a rough couple of years. I just knew. I knew when episode two came out. Like this won't be good. And episode two was okay, I guess. Episode three, some may argue. It depends on what day you ask me where I fall on the spectrum. But I just knew the second I saw Jar Jar fucking Binks, I was like, this is going to be a very polarizing couple of years. And you know, want to know who the goddamn Jar Jar Binks of this draft class is? I have
0: a feeling, but it's
1: Anthony Richardson. (laughs) Let me cut you off. It's goddamn Anthony Richardson. I I cannot believe that. And here's the worst part: is the Colts, other than that one pick, absolutely nailed the draft. Like they killed every single other pick like i there's not a sick well maybe evan hole at northwestern that was kind of weird but uh i'm a fan of evan hole though so i like that pick too yeah i remember that because i was like i heard of this guy and then i remember the episode we did like three months ago and i was like i'm yep. gonna hear this from him. <laughs> but um <laughs> other than the evan hole pick and the anthony richardson pick i would give the Colts Traffic like an a plus but goddamn that anthony richardson pick was so stupid because I mean, you know, in Star Wars, when like I sense a great disturbance in the Force, Anthony Richardson can't sense shit. Like he does not understand how to read a defense. He cannot throw for anything. If he did a lightsaber throw, he would kill Cap, who's five feet away from me right now. Like he has zero. I shouldn't say zero. I'm getting. I'm getting in rant mode. Yes. I need to do my meditation here for a bit. Just don't <laughs> let don't let the dark side take over. Even though it's far too late for that. Um. <laughs> His accuracy needs improvement is the nicest way I can put it. Uh, His ability to read defenses is elementary when it comes to the NFL level of ability to read defenses. And I just don't understand why we hitched our wagon to this guy. And it's just, again, that is why I'm comparing him to Jar Jar right now is because people love the spectacle of anthony richardson right so i I, I I don't know the last time you watched it but phantom menace and the final battle scene when jar jar's running around like throwing the can those blue cannonballs everywhere it's very fun and great to watch but when you think about it logically it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense and that is anthony richardson right there is people love to be like oh my god look at this huge play he made in college you really think he's gonna be able to pull that off in the nfl because chances are he won't like if you see the amount of tackles miss against him in college there's no way that translates to the nfl there's just no way it's not like lamar jackson where he has that shiftiness it's the fact that anthony richardson was just bigger than everybody else and sure people may go well ben roethlisberger okay that's the exception to the rule is when you have quarterbacks that are normally bigger in the college level, I just don't see that translating well to the NFL. So he's well-meaning. This is nothing personal against Anthony Richardson. At least we don't have a quarterback who's scared of milk. I will say that at least. But it's <laughs> it's one of those things like I just don't see his game translating that well to the NFL, and we just screw this franchise for years to come much like by the way jar jar screwed the entire galaxy we cannot forget this jar jar was the one that gave emergency powers without jar jar there would be no palpatine and i think that anthony richardson is going to screw ballard like jar jar screwed the galaxy
0: wow that's uh yeah, that, that's a take and give me that for sure. I'm still so mad. I'm not going to be over this for years to <laughs> come. But I think the big thing that you need to understand with Anthony Richardson is that— Oh, here we go. Yes, I know they took him number four overall, and yes, he's probably going to be starting pretty soon in his rookie season. He's but-
1: going—well, go- I'm, so- I'm so sorry to cut you off. Can we start with this bullshit narrative of like, oh, maybe he just sits this entire rookie year. He is not— sitting his entire rookie year. We need to stop this right now. I am not doing this all off season. Our few, this is the first, well, it's not the first, this is the last time I acknowledge this narrative of like, Oh, if they just sit in for a while, they're not sitting him for a while. He is starting sometime this year, which will be a mistake. I am done with this narrative of he is sitting for a while. I am sorry to take this out on you. I know you have not been a you know, <laughs> member of this narrative, but I've had plenty of friends be like, if he just sits and develops, he's not sitting developing. That's my whole problem with him being a top 10 pick. If he was a second round pick, this would be great. I'm sorry. I'm. I, this is going to be an hour long episode. You go.
0: <laughs> I think it's more just that, I, like I said, I don't think he's going to start right away. But I do think he's definitely going to start very early in his rookie season. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just you're going to have to go with the growing pains. And it's very similar to that, you know beginning scene or not beginning scene but like opening parts of a new hope where you know you see luke training with ben kenobi and you know he's got that he's training with the lightsaber he's trying to block and he keeps getting hit by the lasers of that laser droid or whatever right so it's like eventually he gets the hang of it and then you see that over the course of that first movie where it's like you know You you see some, you know, inexperience. You see that he's always sort of struggling a little bit. But like you said, by the time we get to Return of the Jedi, he's got things under control. He's got a master plan when he's in Jabba's palace. And he's able to rescue Han, obviously, and totally overcome most of the people in Jabba's palace. And obviously it leads to the epic scene on the... Near the like pit, where you know he totally just takes control of that entire battleship, and they end up killing Job of the Hood, obviously. But it's just like,
1: and Boba Fett, I, hey, well, kind of RIP Boba Fett, spoiler alert a little bit. Yeah, a little bit there. But I think just the
0: biggest thing, I think is just you need to exercise caution. It's not like, you know, uh, episode oh, three, yeah. Revenge
1: Because of- that's what NFL teams are known for. like I understand caution. that, but I think obviously you
0: committed to this guy. They're going to give him, you know, at least a couple seasons, and it's just like... That's you know, the worst it's, part! It's not like, you know, Anakin destroying all the younglings where you don't have a chance to see the progression, right? It's that's, like this that's is... That's what you can see the experience. Like. You can wait on him. You know, it's very similar to Ahsoka Tano training under Anakin Skywalker. She started very raw she became a more experienced jedi so i think you see the same thing here with anthony richardson hopefully i can't guarantee that like i mean they've had a lot of you know prospects that don't work out we have a lot of prospects that do work out so i mean the only thing like i said is just exercise caution it's a little too early to stamp that you're upset with this pick because we just don't know what we're going to see at the nfl level just yet so no screw you i'm
1: going full i'm going full dark (laughs) i'm going full dark side screw you all right fair
0: fair you do what you need to do but i just you know for all the other colts fans out there and you know anybody else who's a richardson's fan specifically, exercise caution i think we'll be okay
1: (laughs) does this mean i get my own palace on (laughs) mustafar castle look it was more like a castle (laughs) this is the nerdiest episode we've ever done holy shit (laughs)
0: Uh, so, I'm going to get to my player comparison here, my next one, and I'm going to go to Bijan Robinson, the running back out of the University okay. of Texas. And I'm going to compare him here to Django Fett. So, I mean, you'll look at Django Fett during his time when, you know, fortunately, spoiler alert, before he died, he was arguably the best. <laughs> He's arguably the best bounty hunter on the across the galaxy, right? And it's like you look at that, and not only was he one of the best bounty hunters, but then you see the, uh, you know, the the rebel, uh, the Sith. Obviously, they want to make their stormtrooper army increase their battalion. They take him and they make a clone of him. Like he is the clone of the entire stormtrooper army because they like the prototypical skills that he offers. And so it's like you look at Robinson and. Ted, I think it's safe to say that he was clearly the best running back in this year's draft oh, class. Yeah. And you look at past year's draft uh, – past draft classes as well, you can argue he could be in the top five. Like, I mean there's very few draft prospects that you can probably I'm trying, argue. I'm
1: honestly trying to think. Uh, I would say he's probably the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley.
0: Yeah, I was looking at the draft class, and I'd probably say Saquon Barkley is probably up there. But, like, besides that, like, I mean, yes, we've seen a lot of running back prospects turn into very dangerous NFL threats. But But at the time of being drafted, it's like you compare the skills, it's like easily I think Bijan Robinson is higher than most of those guys. But, yeah, maybe the only guy that you could argue is maybe Saquon Barkley is a little bit higher than him. But just regardless, he has that combination of, you know, skills that you want in a prototypical running back. Because, I mean, you look at his skill set, he's got good size and speed for a running back and he has the right make and build too like i mean he's about 5'11 about 215 so he's like he's got good power to go with that speed he's nifty when he needs to be got good footwork has talent to be a three down running back i think that's the big thing too where it's like you see a lot of running backs maybe they only play their first two downs then they come back out for a change of pace but this guy can be sort of that throwback running back you know you think back to the days of like you know emmett smith and german thomas and you know john riggins and just all these guys that we're there every single play, and they were able to sort of lead up to that. So obviously I don't think he's going to play every single down at the NFL. They want to, you know, sparingly use him a little bit right, so don't want to overuse him. So he's going to be – he has that talent, though. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I said, blends good speed with good surprising power. I think that's the biggest thing. He's
1: like, yeah. you see him – A lot of people don't the expect shoulder. him to be that physical of a runner.
0: Yeah, exactly. You see him at the end of runs. He could drop the shoulder. He could get those benefit of a few extra yards. So I mean, it's like this is a guy that can punish defenders when he wants to, but he doesn't always need to. I think
1: that's the biggest thing with B. John Robinson. So, uh, well, two things real quick, real quick. Uh, connect us back to the Jango Fett thing for me. What's the connection there? I'm getting there. that. that I'm getting he's with. like, oh, OK, all right. Um, not a Star Wars connection, but actually the because it was funny. Is um if you watch back our NFL draft round one live stream, which you can find on the LAFB Network uh, YouTube channel. No, I will not plug that enough. Um, <laughs> that is the strongest reaction you and I had together. It was like I reacted strongly to some things, you reacted strongly to some things, but the one we react, we both reacted equally strong to was the B. John Robinson pick, and I think. Uh, to cause I I wasn't a fan of the pick at the time. And uh, to be honest, I'm still not in love with the pick. I think you could have traded down and been safe, but we talked about that. Um, the more I watch him and maybe this is because of the team he went to, do you want to know an NFL comp? I have to Bijan John Robinson. I'm actually like, I'm, I'm talking myself into more and more as I watch more of his tape and imagine him in Atlanta. Let's hear it. I think this guy could be Michael Turner. Michael Turner. Okay. I can see that. Like, because think about it. He's like, because Michael Turner has a similar build, too, where it's like kind of small, stocky guy, more physical than you thought, and also faster than you think as well, where he just has this like kind of uh, not atypical uh, running ability where again he is uh he's kind of like a bowling ball right he just kind of bounces off people uh work done was also another guy that came to mind where it was just like they just they're these small why are you giving me that face because Warwick Dunn
0: was a small speed guy. He's definitely not the same comparison to a B. John Robinson. But yeah, I Mr.
1: think Carter. that's, and, and maybe that's the trap I'm falling into is maybe I'm just doing small stocky guys, but at the same yeah. time, like if I, if I see remnants of Warwick Dunn and Michael Turner there, I think that maybe this won't be such a bad pick after all, but again, maybe it's just the value at number eight. Um, But yeah, connect this back to Django Fix. I lost that. Is, <laughs> that. is it the fact that he's like the best bounty hunter out of like a thousand bounty hunters?
0: Well, I think that's the biggest thing. And then just the last thing is just he's a deadly threat to come out of the backfield as a passing, you know, passing option in the passing oh, game. Oh, dude, he's going to also come out as a receiver, the too. And he could be a whatever, great receiver the sonic that bombs, way, too. The sonic bombs. He has exactly. a sonic bomb. Exactly. But just, yeah, I think the biggest thing is you look at Django Fett, is like I said, being one of the best bounty hunters during his time when he was alive, obviously. And it's like you look at B. John Robinson, he could be a very similar type of guy where it's like he can become one of the best running backs in the NFL because he lands in a spot with atlanta with arthur smith that likes to definitely use the running game as the focal point of his offense and i think you take him in number eight because they want to make him the focal point of the offense so you look at this he's going to get the touches he could do have a very similar career to what derrick henry had in tennessee like i mean i'm not saying he has the same skill set but i'm saying like he could have a very similar career where he could rack up a ton of yards rack up a ton of touchdowns and be a dominant force for the atlanta falcons offense and definitely tad i think he has a skill set and he's a prototype type of running back that you would want to clone for your roster. Ah, there we go.
1: I feel like that whole thing was set up for that line.
0: Oh, 100% was set up, but, you know, <laughs> you sort of interrupted for a long time, so it wasn't probably as effective as it could have been. Oh, no,
1: that's the latest. <laughs> Don't worry about it, buddy.
0: But, yeah, let's get to another comparison here, Tad. Let's get to a couple more, hopefully, if we could do it here as we celebrate May the 4th, Star Wars, you know, sort of recognized holiday among all the Star Wars fans around there. So let's get to a couple more here, Tad. Give me your next comparison here.
1: Uh, you know, this is well, real clear I need to bring this up is cause I saw a tweet. I think it was from ESPN, I don't remember who it was from, but I saw a tweet like two or three days ago that said uh NFL GMs are getting annoyed that Howie Roseman is getting so much love for drafting well. Um yeah, it's deserved. Like exactly. it's one of those things like, okay, if you're annoyed anybody by anybody
0: could take a Jalen Carter, they took him at nine. Anybody could take a, t- take like,
1: a Nolan Smith. He was taken at 30. So it's like, just you had a chance.
0: You had chance. You had chances. As well, as
1: Howie Roseman. Like he's had arguably the best off season of any other team in this NFL that, that credit that you're annoyed by. Is well earned credit. See what I did there. Credit, credits. I uh, like it. Yeah. Like eh? Yeah, there we go. Um, always a good reference when you need to specifically point it out. Okay. But um, <laughs> I mean, Roseman fucking killed this draft, man. Like the the Eagles are an absolute A-plus draft. And yes, Jalen Carter was great, but we were all expecting the Eagles to absolutely nail that top ten pick, whether it was Christian Gonzalez, Jalen Carter, um, you know, a host of other prospects. But what makes something even cooler is adding an even cooler piece when you think it can't get any cooler. The uh, you know, the a new hope drops in theaters. You got light swords. You got a badass villain. You got, you know, just a surprise hit on your hands. There's no way you can make this any any better. And what do you introduce is Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian and you somehow up the coolness even more. And people are just, there we go. And people are just like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing of all time. And that is exactly what a guy you mentioned, Nolan Smith did for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia pass rush set an NFL record for most sacks. If I'm not mistaken, most sacks in an NFL season or was close to setting that record.
0: It was close to it. Yeah, it, was it was
1: close. close. It. I as I was saying, that, I was like, shit, I think they finished like third or fourth, but they finished top five in all time team sacks yes. last season.
0: And I think the biggest okay. thing that we brought up on the podcast before, too, is that, like, they were so clear ahead, the number two finisher, which I think was they Kansas were up City. by, like,
1: 20 or 30 sacks, something like it
0: that. It was 15. I think it was, like, 15, because I think, like, Kansas City had, like, 55 or 56, and Philadelphia had 70. So it's, like, they were a distinct number one. So it wasn't even yeah. like, oh, yeah, we got one more, so that's why we're number one. No, this was, like, clearly they were dominated at the stock department.
1: And, and this is what I mean by taking something cool. And adding more coolness on top of it where you thought it wasn't possible. So they l- lose Hargrave to a certain team. Good job by you, by the way. And so they lose Javon Hargrave to the 49ers. Well, great. They plug that gap by drafting Jalen Carter number nine. Great trade-up, by the way, because they only gave up a fourth-round pick for that, which is, just, like, mind-blowing. Um, and everybody's sitting there, okay, they're at 30. Where they do? They could go a thousand different directions. And they add arguably the most talented pass rusher in this year's draft, to learn under Brandon Graham, who is 35 years old, and also, by the way, could potentially upend uh, Nicholas Morrow at the will linebacker position. I, I don't think he'll do that at the start of the season, but I think as the season progresses and he gets more used to the NFL caliber, I think there is a very real chance that Nolan Smith takes Morrow out of there. Not that Morrow is bad, but I just think that Nolan Smith's potential is so good, and he's learning behind guys like Asah Reddick. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Brandon Graham, like a, obviously a great defensive coaching staff that it's just, you took something so great and you made it even better. And it's just not fair. It is, you know, uh, Harrison Ford, i want to say Christian Ford, Harrison Ford and Billy D Williams together. It's not a fair combo. That chemistry cannot be beat. Now you have Nolan Smith with an already great pass rushing team. That chemistry cannot be beat. I am a full blown believer in Nolan Smith at this point.
0: Yeah, honestly, it's like, you know, if you're a free agent, like if there's the second wave, it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be like, you belong with us among the clouds, you know, sort of thing. Like, yeah, I can't no, exactly. replicate the same Billy T. Williams. awesome.
1: Don't voice. Forget, the, the weird guy with the visor thing thats Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is good, too, now. So it's just like that's going on as well.
0: But it's just like, yeah, they drafted really well. I think with the second of free agency, like I said, I bet you they could sort of shore up any sort of holes that they have or any sort of depth pieces that they sort of need. And, yeah, people are going to be gravitating to signing in Philadelphia because it's just they are so well stacked now with the impressive draft that they had. Landing Jalen Carter, landing Nolan Smith, Khalil Ringo in the fourth round. Like that's that was not fair. value. To that, them.
1: that was the moment where I was like, OK, you got this. I was like, yeah. you have the best draft. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. It's insane. No, Okay, insane. I'll take this one step further. Also, those weird monster things that tore C3, uh, C3PO C three apart, that's their offensive line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, accurate, accurate. So I'm going to get to my guy. It's actually a name that you've already brought up, and it's Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. And so you look at Jalen Carter, arguably, I think, probably the best defensive lineman in this year's draft class, arguably could have been the best defensive player this year's draft class too. Like, you know, sort of yeah. debate that between him was, and Will he Anderson. He number one Jr. on my big board. Exactly. I mean, he has all the skills to become one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. He's equally person, dominant yeah. in both stopping the run as well as getting oh. after the quarterback to disrupt the passing game as well. And just the problem is Tad his emotions have gotten the best of him, which led to the weird speeding incident where, you know, he's sort of making up stories like, oh, yeah, I wasn't there. Oh, no, I was far away. Oh, no, I was actually there. I was just like, you know, that led to some issues surfacing at the combine. Obviously, it's been discussed by a lot of people just he had maturity issues at the University of Georgia as well. So it just sort of leads to, you know, just can he control his emotions? Can he control his anger? And just all of that has been brought up during the draft process which led to him being the number nine overall pick, which you just already discussed, obviously, sliding to the number nine overall pick. Instead of possibly being – like, Tad, I remember when we did our top ten mock draft. We, I think we both we, had him in number
1: one overall, if yeah. I remember correctly. No, I, I know I, one of us I did. definitely did. No, I yeah, definitely I know, did. I 100% know, I know
0: one of us did. But just like he went from there sliding all the way to nine, which is still fantastic. But it's just like you look at just some of those things. It's, it's a adjunct. A little bit. A little bit. And so it's like when I think about a Star Wars character comparison – I had to compare him to Anakin Skywalker, where it's like, you know, he has all the skills that you want as a Jedi Knight. And, you know, he was developing under Obi-Wan Kenobi and he was learning all these great things and becoming more advanced in a lot of ways than Obi-Wan even predicted. But the biggest thing was just that his emotions just let him go to the dark side eventually, right, where he thought – He could, you know, his love of Padme, obviously, and they got married, and then obviously his anger led to him taking out his frustrations, killing all those Tusken Raiders, right? When they captured his mom, and obviously his mom ended up passing away because of that capture, right? And then obviously, like I talked about earlier, where he, you know, under Darth City is under Emperor Palpatine. He goes to the Jedi Temple and just kills younglings. I mean, it's just like it let his anger and his emotions sort of take control of him where he could have been. Like I said, he was bound by Qui-Gon Jinn to be like you know bring the balance to the force and be the chosen one he sort of did that and yes, he was able to redeem himself at the end of return of the Jedi. And so he was able to become part of the light force in his passing, obviously. And so, yeah, I think that's the hope that Philadelphia has, because I mean, they drafted him obviously with the hope that they have a good culture. They could train him up. Well, they can control his emotions, not let him slip onto the dark side of the force, obviously. And he can become that chosen one that they need on that defensive line to pair up with Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and Fletcher Cox. And it just to keep going and all, the you can just, you can just say know.
1: Georgia. You can just say the Georgia Bulldogs.
0: Exactly. Uh, the Georgia defense of the, you know, upper northeast, you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. So it's just like insane how much talent they have there. And he's landing in an appropriate culture where it's like, like I said, they can help him control his issues. Hopefully if he still has them, make sure that they're getting the best out of him. But just, yeah, I see all the talents. I see just unfortunately what led him to becoming sort of disruptive and falling to number nine. I have to compare him to Anakin Starwalker at that point.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's just, it's one stupid mistake can really cost you, which is unfortunately what Anakin did. Um, but I kind of said this on draft night. I, I regret the way I worded it, but I don't regret the sentiment behind it, which is he made one stupid mistake. Other than that, to my knowledge, there's nothing that really raises any red flags about him being a bad person or him being a character concern you made a stupid mistake and unfortunately yes it did result in a very, 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 very bad result. But I, you know, if you, if you find out forgivable, fine, that's, that's, you know, your personal belief. My personal belief is as long as you were not directly responsible for what happened, which he was not, he was definitely an accompl- accomplice is the right word, but he was definitely a part of it. Yeah. Um, you deserve a second shot. As long as you show true regret and something, me there is not. And like you said, with the, with the Vader redemption arc too, is like, you can do a lot of bad shit and maybe Vader's not the best. Cause I don't really think they are in that redemption. <laughs> lot if I'm, stuff. if I'm being totally honest, cause yeah. he did a lot of bad stuff. But, uh, the, the, the core of the message remains the same, where if he really did show regret and kind of show like, look, I made a mistake. And yes, I regret what happened. I don't think, if he did not do that, he would go on top 10. I think NFL yeah, team, obviously, agreed. obviously I, I'm not even, I think I know for a fact that NFL teams talk to him about this and discuss it with them and uh, it, no NFL, team, they are so cautious with top 10 picks. There is no way that the Eagles really believe that, okay, this guy, it was truly just a one-time mess up. Yeah. And unfortunately, again, it had hugely unfortunate results, but as long as he can redeem himself and come back, okay. I'll give you a second chance because that's no, that's what makes us great is second chances. That's what is so great about football too, is it provides people that otherwise wouldn't get it a chance at second chances. So, um, you know, I actually like this, the, the Vader redemption arc. I, that's, that's a very good comparison. I like that a lot. So yes, obviously he made mistakes, but, I'm not writing him off yet. Let's give him a second shot. And I think that there's, I honestly can't name a single team. That would be better for him to get the opportunity with than Philadelphia. God damn it. They're going (laughs) to dominate. Dude, we're going to see like a decade straight of Chiefs Eagles Super Bowls. This is not going to be fun.
0: It's very, very high potential there for sure to see one or both of those teams representing their respective conferences in the Super Bowl for sure. So let's get Tad. I just want to get one more player comp if you got one for me, maybe 30 seconds or less. Just hit me with one more.
1: All right. So actually, this is perfect timing because we're at 46 minutes flat. Um, Jamar Gibbs to the Lions. Great player. I like the player. I like the potential. I like the skill set. I don't like the fit, which reminds me a lot of Ray. I know this is going to be very okay. controversial for okay. some people, but I think Ray had a lot of potential as a character, very cool character, great actress, great, you know, storyline. But unfortunately they just fell in the trap of like, Oh, we need to do something familiar. Oh, we need to do something different. And then they just didn't know what to do with her. And they totally messed her storyline up when it had a lot of cool potential. And so I think that the, the lines are going to fall in a similar trap with Gibbs, a lot of cool potential, but I don't think they're going to quite utilize them correctly.
0: All right. Interesting. For, Interesting. 40
1: seconds, but I'll take it.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to go with my pick, and I'm going to go with Peter Skoronsky. And so you look at this guy, oh, he's whoa. a personal. What's the problem?
1: No, I was not expecting an offensive lineman to be discussed this episode. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. No, definitely Pierce Garazzi. Because you look at him, he's a versatile lineman that he can play, you know, on it's the inside him. or the outside. He's got the skills that can get the job done. You know, while he has shorter arms, I don't think that's ever prevented him from being ineffective on the line for sure. I mean, that led to him sliding in the NFL draft possibly, which is obviously why he ended up at number 11 with the Tennessee Titans. And, I mean, he lands at Tennessee where – they need help on that offensive line across the board, so they may use him at the tackle position. They may use him at the guard position. I really doubt they use him at the center position, but maybe. We'll see what exactly what happens. But just he can sort of fit into a starting spot on anywhere on that offensive line. And so you look at that versatility. You look at the fact that he was sort of discredited yeah. for shorter arms. I'm going to go with the droid R2-D2 in this center. Ah,
1: I thought you were going C-3PO there with the short <laughs> arms. <laughs> well – Archie D doesn't even have arms and he's still able to get a lot of stuff done, right? Yeah, but they, he shoots they they out Able there.
0: to jetpack around or whatever. It's just like the biggest thing that I see with Peter Scaranti and comparing him to Archie D2 is that Archie D2 like he was there whenever the Rebels needed him, essentially. Like, he was there in A New Hope where they're in the prison cell trying to find Princess Leia. And he's sort of, you know, using his little weird sonic screwdriver thing, the attachment or whatever, to open up jail cell doors. It's and like, It's, called, it's
1: a, called splicing, or come on.
0: Whatever it is. It's <laughs> just like he's able to open jail cell doors to find where Princess Leia and able to navigate so they can rescue her, obviously, right? Then you get to, you know, Return of the Jedi where they're trying to get into the uh facility so they can blow up the, uh, the forest Moon. And so he's able to manufacture that door as well, and they're able to get in there. Then you look at, you know, other situations where he's piloting the ship for Luke Skywalker to get to Dagobah to learn from the Force from Yoda, right? So it's like this guy's being used all over the place wherever he's sort of needed. And I think he's been in pretty much every movie. Out of all nine, sort of thing. So I mean, it's like this guy is pretty much a critical piece of the Rebel Alliance and their success. And you look at Peter Skoronski; he offers the same vers- uh, versatility, he offers the same dependability, and honestly, he has the skill set that he can be used like R2D2 across all nine movies. He can be used for at least 10 to 15 years in the NFL because he has that skill set that could translate to both the outside as well as the inside. But just being a very dependable, versatile lineman with high skills.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. Because like I say, it's, <laughs> it's it's funny because me and my friend got in a, not an argument, but we got in a discussion last weekend after the first round, obviously, where he's like, Ted, you were the only person saying Skronsky's not going can't get to guard. And I'm like, no, I ain't telling you, this guy is going to work at tackle. And he was like, Ted, you're wrong, man. Like every other professional is saying he's going to be a guard. I'm like, no, he's going to be a tackle. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter because either I'm right and he's going to be great at tackle or they're right and he's going to be great at guard either way unless all of us are terribly terribly wrong this guy is going to be good and by the way i just need to shout out my favorite uh um uh r2d2 moments in revenge of the sith when he uh, lights up all the droids by like squirting the oil all over, yep, and they like lights up. I love that one. But yes, no, R2D2 is great. Or when uh uh Anakin and Obi Wan get caught in the force field, and Anakin's like, "Don't worry, R2's got us." He like screams through the hallway. Yeah, like man. that's a great moment. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So that was the fun of
0: today's episode discussing that was nerdy. Star Wars.
1: I will be very interested to see the viewers on this episode.
0: <laughs> Make sure you go with that SEO. This, to pull this either eyes. went
1: very very. This either went very very well or very poorly. <laughs> exactly we'll see what it is uh but yeah at least i had fun do you have fun oh i had a great time this is fantastic this is this is combining two of my best interests nerdiness and football and combining them can we do this every episode <laughs>
0: we could try we could try and fit it in every <laughs> so long um, we did it with a
1: movie reference way back when
0: yeah exactly you remember you um, remember that stage that was interesting yeah
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, we had some good fun
0: with today's episode, celebrating May the 4th and, you know, doing some player comps to Star Wars characters specifically. So, yeah, let us know. Like, I mean, interact with us on social media. You see all of our social media handles coming across right there down below on the ticker. You got us on Twitter. You got me at side 23 You got Tad, tadside 94 got the show handle at the Decide Guys, And, of course, we're on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. So, yeah, make sure you interact with us. Let us know. Do you have a player comp for a Star Wars character that we didn't get to? What do you think about our player comps to Star Wars characters? Um, How are you celebrating May the 4th? We want to hear all of it. Make sure you interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Love to get your thoughts on Star Wars and NFL Draft and, I mean, anything and everything in between because now, Tad, we're slowly going to be phasing back into fantasy football. So, I mean, guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts about just, you know, Who do you think is going to be the best rookie of this draft class when it comes to fantasy football? We'd love to hear all that as well. But just make sure you're following us on all of our social media handles there. Make sure you're subscribing to our podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel as well as LEFB Network's YouTube channel because we have our own individual playlist there still. So, I mean, yeah, lots of great content coming from LEFB when it comes to the Chargers, the Rams, the Bruins and the Trojans on the college level as well. And, of course, you got us covering the draft. And now, as I sort of mentioned, we're going to start phasing into fantasy football again, getting you guys ready for your fantasy drafts. When it comes, maybe in the summer, maybe later in the summer, whenever you decide to have it, we'll make sure we got you guys covered. But I think the biggest thing, Tad, we definitely want to thank every, everybody and anybody who is subscribing, who is listening, who is interacting with us to anything, everything in between, guys. We really can't thank you enough. And I think most importantly, may the fourth be with you.
1: There we go. So guys, as Amur said, thank you so much for watching. And yes, we are slowly fa- uh, phasing back into fantasy football. I've already had coworkers being like, I'm in a dynasty league. What rookies do I draft? And I'm like, I just, I just, I don't know. Just give me like a couple <laughs> days to process this. So I'm slowly getting back into that. That may be a, you know, episode down the line, but yes, we are slowly getting in there and we will have a little bit more draft, you know, post draft coverage, going for it as well so be sure to be on the lookout for that like I said, we're gonna it,
0: transition it's gonna like it's, phase yeah, out it's slow
1: it's slow it's like moving from one u.s president to the other or moving from the galactic empire to the first order no not first order who is in between galactic empire new republic first order there we go, there go. um yeah because huh? yeah okay so we're going from the draft to the off season <laughs> to the first order and the first order is the reign of anthony richardson for me so that's how that's going Gosh. but uh but in the meantime, in case you guys are like, guys, talk more Chargers. Ted, they drafted your boy QJ. Come on. Well, guys, there's a reason I'm wearing this shirt is because apparently. They also drafted uh, Darius Davis, right? That's Darius his name? Davis, Max Duggan. That's apparently, <laughs> L.A. is the new Fort Worth. So if you want to know all about my frogs. You are free to hit me up at those socials, but what you should hit up is the other LAFB Network podcasts and shows that are talking about their picks specifically, them being the Rams, who have also drafted a couple of TCU guys, and the Chargers, because they love the Frogs this draft. And so if you want to know is that a good pick, is that a bad pick, is it an okay pick, be sure to check out lafb.com for all the best draft coverage of your specific Chargers and Rams. And also, our UCLA and USC prospects that went as well. And we may be making some appearances on those episodes as well. So be sure, keeping the lookout for that. So guys, we have so much content ahead of your way, a lot more fun content. That's my favorite part of the off season is we're going to get weird. Like today, we're going to get crazy. We're going to try some stuff. It's I, You know what? It may or may not work, but I can promise you this. It's going to be fun. So thank you as always for listening. Thank you as always for watching and please everyone stay safe.